when I started learning strategy and offering strategy and even talking about strategy in my content, people came to me not asking me for a logo anymore. People don't, people rarely come to my DM to say, hey, Michael, I'm looking for a logo. Really, they rarely do that. What they come and they ask is they bring business problems. So they say, yo, Mike, I have this store. I've been running it for six months and but sales just keep going down. How can I improve sales? Hey there, if you want to get into UX design, freelancing, or into any creative field, really, then you've come to the right place. I'm Sophia, nice to meet you. And in this podcast, I share my own journey to becoming a UX freelancer. I share everything as I go through it, so you can learn from my mistakes and be inspired to keep going no matter what, because it will take a lot of hard work. But remember, we're in this together and we can grow much faster if we help each other out and learn from one another. I put out an episode every single Tuesday and you can join the conversation on Instagram via the polls and the questions that I put out there. And now let's get into this week's episode. Hey there, how are you doing? I hope you are well and you are excited for the rest of the week. And today I'm here with Mike Lawson. Thank you, Mike, for, for taking the time to, to be here on my podcast. Uh, Mike is a, is a brand strategist uh, based in Accra, Ghana. And he's the co-founder and principal of the branding agency Brainstorm Africa. And he also creates beautiful, beautiful carousels. Uh, the most beautiful carousels I've seen on LinkedIn. That's where I, where I, found, where I found him the, the first time. And then we also connected on Instagram. And yeah, Mike, do you want to introduce yourself? Did I forget anything? Yeah, thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, I'm super honored to be here. Um, for those of you who have no idea who I am, I'm Michael Lawson. I'm an Accra-based brand strategist. Um, I run a branding agency right from Ghana, but we service so many clients from all over the world. In fact, most of our clients are not even based in Ghana. So it's really interesting. I've learned a lot. And through my content, I've been able to meet amazing people like Sophia. So I can't wait to dive into what we have for today. Cool. Um, and can you maybe tell us how did you start in to work as a brand strategist? Was that uh, something you always wanted to do? Or how was that, that process to, to getting into that field? Yeah, so um, I know primarily most of the people in your audience are designers or U UI UX designers or graphic designers or are in the creative field. And I'm yeah, one and, of you guys. And freelancers also. And freelancers, awesome. I'm one of you guys. Um, like six years ago, I started out as a graphic designer freelance in college. So I was just doing it um, for, for just a little money I'd get and just to, like extra income. I didn't think too much about it. I was just doing pop logos for cheap. Like it wasn't really anything serious. Like I was literally a freelancer. And I did that for so long. I did that for like a year. And then a friend of mine, he wasn't a friend of mine at the time, but he was in the school too. And he came up to me and said, Yo, Mike, um, I know someone who is looking for a logo project and they're willing to pay this amount of money. And if you're able to do a good job, we can probably get more work. And I was like, yo, this actually sounds good. And so he brought the job. We, we did an amazing job and then we split the money. So and then he realized that I'm really good. So then he kept bringing in jobs and we kind of formed this amazing friendship over all the years to the point where three or four years ago we decided to make things official and actually start an agency so it's a really interesting 
play of words. And I'm, I think that's kind of how I started the agency. And even at the time, I was still just doing design. But what made me switch and start learning about brand strategy and, and looking at case studies and understanding how business actually works was when I actually had a client and we did the design we had an awesome design like we did a branding a branding um, brand identity design like you guys know what I'm talking about like it was fun we did awesome colors awesome packaging we designed the interior of the office space everything was looking good but just a few months after the project I was driving by the store in the office and when I, dr- I drove by I realized they were not there anymore and I was like hmm what happened and so I called um, the old client of mine and I asked him, yo, bro, what happened? Um, I passed by the office today and nobody was there. It was literally gone. I think there was even another um, company in that space. And he told me the business didn't thrive. Like the business literally died a few months after launch. Um, it didn't make sense. The business model didn't make sense. And so he had to close shop. And it put me in a really negative place. I felt like I had ripped him off. Like I felt really bad and icky. Yeah. And it just spurred me on and I had to find out why that happened. And so understanding that it's not just about the design, but the strategy, why things are the way they are and actually building business and understanding business is going to help me give more value to my clients. So it was like, that was the learning curve for me. That's when I decided to actually learn strategy and I'm still learning strategy. I'm still taking courses, workshops, seminars, reading, and it's a continuous journey and I'm loving it so far. So, yeah. Yeah, that's so that's so interesting because I'm, I mean, I think we all start that way. We start doing, at least graphic designers, we start doing logos, uh, just, just like doing pretty logos and choosing pretty mm-hmm. colors. And then it's really interesting the way that you found out that you needed to do more than that. You actually... Um, found out that the business wasn't wasn't there anymore and you wanted to really do something to help your clients and not just to earn the money for for doing a logo and that's kind of where my interest in strategy also also came from i was sick of doing just pretty designs and not really taking the making the effort to really help the client achieve its go- his goals mm-hmm. because the goals are different are different for for every client. So now in in my discovery calls, I always ask about the goals and I try to to help them achieve that. And sometimes they only need a really basic logo. Sometimes they need a full identity, and sometimes they don't even have the have the groundwork like on on their like the mission, their values, and their target mm-hmm. to to even be able to to create a logo and an identity that will work. So yeah, just to say that I think that yeah, it's yeah. a really interesting story on how on how you got there. And you were talking about how you how you are still learning brand strategy, and maybe you can you can tell us how do you learn it? Like because I, I'm not really sure how I did, and I, I, mm-hmm. I I'm really just starting out on strategy. I did my first strategy session with a client like some weeks ago <laughs> uh, and but he actually really loved it and said that it was cool to talk about those that kind of stuff with other people to get another perspective uh, but yeah how do how did you start learning uh, strategy so I think I 
started the the normal way right um i found the future i don't i'm sure most of you know the future by chris do and that amazing company on youtube and oh yeah they have i love lot, it same like they have a lot of um brand strategy um videos they even have series of them actually building brands for people and so that's why i started and it kept spiking my interest and i kept saying wow this is good and on the show, they had a few people come on the show to explain um, brand strategy and like basically give value. And I was like, no, I need to learn more. So I remember starting with um, Stephen Horhan's course. Um, it's called um, The Brand Secrets. And it was an amazing course and um, really amazing. I still refer to it sometimes. And then I found another course by one coach in the future called Annalie Hansen. She's an amazing mentor of mine. And she has a really amazing course too. Um, on like it's by the future. So is you know it's good, right? So an amazing yeah. course is, is literally brand strategy fundamentals. And it's the basic, you could you could go through that course and start selling that to your clients the next day. Like it is really helpful, really, really helpful. And so those two courses coupled with a few other books I picked and I'm still reading, um, even in the future group that I'm in, um, we have these like meetings every single Monday to learn something about brand strategy. There's a workshop. So I'm always practicing and learning more and it's just a wholesome experience. So that's kind of like how I, I keep feeding myself with brand strategy, understanding why things are the way they are, how to speak to clients, how to ask good questions, the kind of exercises. It's 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 just really interesting, you know. Yeah, I I actually also did a course, uh, the future course, but it was mm-hmm. not on on brand strategy. It was the logo design one, uh, but mm-hmm. they still cover a little bit of, of the strategy that goes behind, but just a part uh, of the more like the more visual part and how to get to the the mood boards and all of that. Yeah, uh, I think I want to do a course like that sometime soon because I only learn what what I've learned was mostly uh, seeing the the free content of Chris Doe and of Ron Segal also from Flux and also uh, a Portuguese uh, creator, uh, Joel. I think think you follow him too, but I'm not sure how to pronounce this name in a way that English speakers will understand. So (laughs) it was because of the free content and also because I'm really interested in the in entrepreneurship and creating online businesses. And I'm in some communities of entrepreneurs. So I also learn a little bit from talking to, to people and people from marketing, people from mm-hmm. uh, business, people that do affiliate marketing, people that do a lot of stuff. And I kind of picked up some things here and there, but uh, I'm not at all uh, an expert in, in strategy. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. why you are here. Um, but yeah, I think courses, you said courses and books to mm-hmm. start learning it. Yeah, I think that's, and do you think it's it's like mandatory for for a freelance designer to, to have brand strategy knowledge or even like business uh, strategy knowledge in general? Yes, um, I think for most freelancers, the problem they face is being, um, one of the most common questions um, I get asked by freelancers when they do coaching with me or anything is how to get better clients, how to find yeah. clients who pay them more money, um, 
basically like they want to work with fun interesting businesses who pay them a lot more money than they are charging and basically yes that's what they are looking for and i hate to say it but if you are just a graphic designer or just a designer whether it's ui designer ux designer it makes you an action taker because what you are doing Mm -hmm. is you are taking feedback from the clients and you have to make something to impress them but if you want them to start seeing you as an expert as someone who can actually change or impact their business in a creative way then that makes you more valuable. And so when I started learning strategy and offering strategy and even talking about strategy in my content, people came to me not asking me for a logo anymore. People don't. People rarely come to my DMs and say, hey, Michael, I'm looking for a logo. Really, they rarely do that. What they come and they ask is they bring business problems. So they say, yo, Mike, I have this store. I've been running it for six months and but sales just keep going down. How can I improve sales? And so because of the knowledge and brand strategy and business strategy that I have now, I can be able to do a proper audit, see what's wrong with the business and then suggest um, solutions that they could use. And it makes me more valuable because at that point now they know that I'm solving a real problem for them. And so they would pay me more. So it's, it's more of a give and take. If you're a freelancer, you are a graphic designer, UI, UX designer, video edit anything and you want to be one of the key decision makers in your client's business you want to be valuable you want to be paid more you want to be respected then you have to be able to speak the language of business you don't just have to talk about colors you don't just have to talk about mood boards you actually have to understand business but what do you think about that i completely agree with you I am now starting to to increase my my prices uh, little by little. I'm not uh, um, charging what I what I want yet, but what I noticed is exactly that. When I started in doing even in the discovery calls, when I started asking the right questions and talking business instead of just talking design, mm-hmm. um, clients started to instantly trust me more from the beginning. And also, I guess, see me more uh, as an expert, see me more as someone that really knows what she's doing. And Mm -hmm. it's not just going to respond to to their feedback and what they tell me to do. Uh, I think if you can show autonomy and if you can show that you you can like guide a project and not be guided by the client, then that's a Mm -hmm. a huge plus. And, And I think it also helps you... Uh, it kind of goes back to the story that you told in the beginning. It also helps you to get better reviews and mm-hmm. to get uh, recommendations because your work is actually going to work. <laughs> uh, in the business is hopefully not going yeah. out, of, out of business like the, the one that you told, told us about mm-hmm. did. And the client is going to be much happier and is going to recommend you more and trust you more because the the work that you create is actually going to do well for for the business so i totally agree with you on that yeah 100% and yeah do you have any any tips for for freelance mm-hmm. designers that are still in the only doing graphic design and doing what the client uh, tells them to do world do you have any tips yeah. for them to to start offering strategy you also you already told us about how to start learning it so books courses 
and I, I should add also talking to to people and getting involved in in communities that or in business communities entrepreneurs whatever um do you have any more tips on how to take that that first step how to do that transition okay so how i started offering brand strategy was i like i learned it i did the homework i understand who like how to build a brand like how to um find out the purpose of the brand and as you said like the mission statement the values the goals then you find out the personality of the brand then you do the audience the target audience research the competitor research like all these resources that i've given you and um, i could probably compile a list and put in the show notes or something but all these resources would help you know how to do it but then after you know the stuff you know the steps you have a framework for yourself then you have to practice. So then how do you then practice? So it's two options. If you have clients already, what you could do is to say it's like send them a message or call them or however you talk to them and say, hey, Mr. Client, I have a new service. I'm willing to sell it for this amount of money, but because you're already working with me, I want us to go through it together and so that you could give me feedback. And if it's really good, um, yeah, so basically, like you can practice on the clients you have. So you are to... you are saying to do it for for free for the clients you already have. Yeah, that's the first option. That's the really first option. Yeah. If you have clients already, it's easier to just practice, and um, because you need to practice, you need to practice how yeah. to ask the questions. You need to practice some exercises, how to come do the research. And um, it's the first time, you know. So you could do this one or two times. And then after that, then you can go into the next step, which is the next person that walks through your door or picks up the phone to call you or books a discovery call with you, you start with strategy. And what I mean by start with strategy is when they come and for, for me, when they come, they were always asking for logos or identity design. So when they come, when they say, oh, Michael, like, hey, Mike, um, I heard you do awesome logos. I need a logo done in the next three weeks. They'd be like, okay, okay, hold, like, like slow down and um, I, I just want to ask a few questions about your business to know where you are and if this is even a, the best decision for you moving forward and the client will be like hmm so a, a client has come pre-diagnosed but when you ask them you position yourself that way it comes off as you're an expert you know what you're talking about and so the client relaxes and gives you the keys so it says take the keys and drive this call mm-hmm. and I'll follow you so the client will then say okay and then you then ask business-related questions. Don't go straight into the what color, what color do you want? Um, what like don't go into that. Like ask business questions. Ask them what do they do? And then they will tell you a bit about their business. And you ask them, okay, how are things right now? Like, okay, things are then they'll tell you things are not going too well, or you'll they'll open up to you, tell you about it, and be like, okay, so where do you want to take this thing? Like, where do you want to take this business to? And then they'll tell you, they'll start telling about their future plans and things. And then you'd find out that what they need, it could either be the logo, of course, but then you need to understand certain things. And some questions that I really love to ask people, especially when they come to me asking for logos, is this. The first question that I ask them is, what's your biggest challenge for the brand today? Then they'll tell me, if they don't tell me, or they say, oh, everything is fine and everything is good, business is good. And I'll be like, okay, how does your ideal customer see your brand or perceive your brand? So then it, it makes them start to think. And you'll be like, okay, our customers, they like our products. Or sometimes they can't even answer. So they'll say, I don't know. 
And the next question, then I'll follow up and say, oh, okay, so you, it means you don't have any idea what your customers' pain points are, what their wants are, their needs. Do you have any idea of those things? And they'll be like, hmm, I'm, I never quite thought of that. And be like, okay, um, I have one more question. And do you have, do you have a solid plan to win the battle against your competitors? And the person will say, sometimes you'll try and like look like they are smart and they'll, they'll tell you, yeah, oh, um, Typical. maybe we are the cheapest in the market or, you know, like they'll try and act, act like they're smart. But when the answer is not good, you would know and they would know. So you tell them at the end of it, if you feel like they really didn't answer the questions well, then say, hey, Mr. Customer, like before we even do anything else, which could be a waste of your money, we need to be able to nail these things down. You need to have a solid strategy for your brand before you decide to um, to do anything. Whether it's a logo, it's an Instagram campaign, it's an email marketing, it's a website. You need the strategy done. Otherwise, you would end up wasting money because whatever you do afterwards would be guesswork and it will not work. And when you tell them this, you pause and listen to what they have to say. Most of the time, they would like they would just consider and be like, mm, "This sounds interesting." So, what does a strategy entail? And then you could tell them that it's a new service you are offering. You would intend to sell this at, let's even say, a thousand dollars, but because you are trying it out and you need feedback on this exercise, you would sell this for then you state a lower price. So yeah. you, you literally sell it at a lower price with the mindset that the customer gives you feedback at the end of the strategy session. So it's a give and take. At that time, you will be a bit confident. And if you do a good job, the client will give you good recommendations and then you become more confident. And then the next time, you can sell it at the full price. And trust, like people sell strategy for as high as $30,000. So yeah. I think there's no limit to what you can charge for this so far as it's bringing value to the customer because it will it will yeah. it really will mm-hmm. yeah i think pricing doesn't have usually doesn't have to do with the the service that you provide mm-hmm. like directly it's more about the value that you bring bring to the client of course there are some works like imagine you are doing a, a business card and you already have the logo and everything okay that's like a, a pretty standard design work so it can have like a more uh, specific pricing but when you're talking about strategy when you're talking about brand design when you're talking about creating a website for for instance like there i don't think there is a limit uh, i don't mm-hmm. think there is a limit to, to the value that you that you can bring your client and mm-hmm. also also the confidence that you have in in your work because if you are starting out then you are probably not going to sell strategy for thirty thousand dollars right um but once you get that confidence and that and you know that you that you can bring that value why not uh Uh if you if you if the client is is getting uh, something back from it if you are not like ripping the client off then I think it's it's totally possible, yeah. And it's kind of funny. Uh, you have you have the same view as me uh, to offer new services because I actually did something quite similar, not mm-hmm. with strategy because strategy I'm I'm starting out and actually I I'm only doing a, a little bit of the the strategy process that you you mentioned, just the part of 
uh, of how to communicate, how to translate what the client already has into visuals. That's the part that I'm I'm confident in. If the client doesn't have mm -hmm. like no idea of uh, of the target audience and all of that that you that you spoke about, then I'm not there yet. But what I did was I was doing logos uh, like six months ago or something. I was doing mm -hmm. logos, like just doing logos and <laughs> just doing them. And I started developing a, a process where I, I do this discover call and I try to, to understand what the client wants to communicate. Mm -hmm. And then I translate that into visuals. I create a, a stylescape so that we can agree on that. And then I, I have a more uh, complete process that brought better results. So how did I start oh, yeah. doing that? It was like you said, I in the discovery calls, I will say, okay, I'm trying this new process out and it consists in this, in this, in this. And because I'm usually, I would, I would sell this for this price, but because I'm trying this out and getting feedback, I, I'm doing it for, for a lower price. I did exactly that to start doing mm -hmm. the, the brand identity like I'm doing it now. So I can, I can confirm that, that it works and, and don't be afraid to then be stuck with the, with uh, doing that pricing for that client. Cause I actually did that, did the lower pricing for a client. And then he wanted to do business cards and signs and all of that. And he himself said to me, Sophia, now don't do the discount. Now you have to charge full price because <laughs> he was so <laughs> pleased with the work that he was like, now just do, do the normal pricing that I'll, I will pay it. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's like the best feeling ever. It happened to me um, last year, like the ending of last year. I launched a new service. It was a really niche service. And I charged it to one of my excited, like one of our existing clients. And she was, at the end of the project, she was like, Mike, can I tell you something? And I was like, what? Like, I thought it was bad news. And she was like, this, you should definitely start charging a full price ASAP because it was so bad and i was just like oh damn <laughs> like i think that's a really good feeling to like a good thing to hear just to know that you've provided so much value that they feel like they are cheating you by paying you the amount of money so yeah yeah, yeah and i think it i mean i feel it more i'm not sure about about you where you live but i i feel it more because i i feel a lot like i'm ripping off my clients but it's just because i live in portugal and usually they are in the us or in the netherlands or something like that mm -hmm. and because of that my my point of comparison between prices is a little bit skewed because of of the cost of living here and the cost of living there but yeah it happened to mm -hmm. me a couple times where where clients transferred me a little bit more money than i asked for <laughs> because yeah <laughs> it takes a little bit of time to to get used to that difference uh, from a country to another mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah it's 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 good because you just have to match up i always say this to people who are struggling to get international clients especially for people based even here because same as you um, the dollar is worth a lot based in our, in our local currency. And so you being able to charge the amount of dollars is a reflection of the value you can provide. You know, value yeah. um, is, is contextual. So if the client is in the US, how they would value something is different from someone who is in the Philippines. So you have to be able to um, position yourself so that they don't even see the difference. You know, so they don't see that, oh, you're based in the Philippines, so you cannot work. 
um, I've literally changed my whole time schedule because of the kind of people I work with. So um, like, because I work, I use GMT, but most of my clients are, or prospects are based in the US. So I adjust my sleeping schedule. So I don't follow the normal working hours of my time zone, just that I can be online when they are online. I can do the work when they there and I can answer their calls when they are there. So it's a whole dynamic and it's really advantageous for those of us who are in other countries outside the US. Yeah, and actually for me, it's it's kind of uh, normal to sleep schedule because I normally I already wake up a little bit later than what I'm supposed to. So I, I can, I'm kind of uh, in sync with the US uh, without even trying. <laughs> so for me, that, that was really easy. But mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree what you said. And I think it all comes down to confidence, to having confidence in, in your work and that you can really provide that value. And that's something that I really, really struggle with. And I'm now starting to improve. And most of all, because of seeing, like having proof, that my mm-hmm. my work really helps my clients because uh, I think before you have those first reviews and the, that first feedback, mm-hmm. you you can't really know and the, also you you can't really be confident in yourself enough to to sell your work for higher prices. Did you struggle with this with the so-called imposter syndrome? And do you have oh. any any tips for overcoming <laughs> that? Yeah. Um... Just so you guys know, if you're listening, I'm not perfect. <laughs> like I'm still <laughs> learning a lot. I'm still not charging what I'm worth. Um, it's still a journey. Um, because me being um a black man based in Africa, already there's a perception of uh, me when prospects reach out. So um the imposter syndrome is crazy. I cannot even begin to tell you about it, right? So but one thing I learned from an amazing creator on Instagram, it's called Sun Yi, is imposter syndrome most of the time shows up with people who actually know more than they think they know. So if you're feeling like you don't, you're not, you don't match up to the rule, you don't have enough knowledge, you don't have enough experience, it's because you actually have that experience. The people who are most of the time overly confident in what they know, most of the time they don't know anything, like at all. You know, so even some of the great people um, I speak to, most of the time, they always say that I still have a mentor. I'm still learning. None of them have accepted that they've reached the pinnacle. Like they've not accepted that they are at the top. Everybody's on a journey. And so if you feel that it's a good thing, like use that and go out there and be awesome because everybody feels it. Everybody feels that thing. I feel it too, a lot. <laughs> yeah, go out there and be awesome. I think that that's a, a very good how do you say it? Like tagline for this podcast? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I I want I wanted to also talk a little bit about. I don't know if you do if you do also. I mean, not you, but in your in your agency, if mm-hmm. you do also web design or UX design, uh, something like that. Um, yeah, we do. I yeah, have an if, amazing guy. My team is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, if you could talk about maybe how you can also use strategy to in that in that field in web design because I, I actually think that you can ju- you can just do a, a website for for a business if I mean you can but it, it will not really work if the business doesn't have the strategy and also the branding uh, mm-hmm. before at least that's my take on it 
and yeah, I want to switch to to UX design just because I really I have more fun doing it, you know, mm -hmm, than mm -hmm. creating logos. What I like about uh, brand, creating brand identities and all of that is not really the creation of the logo. That's the part that I I dislike the most. I like the part of thinking about the strategy and uh, creating the the identity, the colors, and how everything is going to to match up. And then I really like the part of the the web design. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, I was asking what part the strategy play in creating a a website. Yeah. So um, that's a fantastic it's, question. It's something that, that always goes before or? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. Because um, in strategy, one key part is research. To be able to understand your users, like who is actually going to use this product or if it's a website, who's actually going to use this website and understand how they use these websites. So which websites do they use? Which ones do they hate? And was what what are the similarities between the websites they hate and the websites they like and then you would design the wireframe or the um the build of the website based on this feedback and test it out so every single thing every product everything you do is the test after the brand identity whether it's a product whether it's a packaging whether it's it's always a test and so mm -hmm. the ui ux the strategy bits will help you understand the users to know, okay, so how exactly do they engage with this platform? How do we improve their conversion rates? How do we improve the, um, I, I don't really know the terms because I'm not the technical guy, um, yeah. but I do know for a fact that like the strategy really helps inform the users of this particular, um, no, the strategy helps the designer or the UX designer and like use the, users or put the users in the front stage and center yeah it helps them build. understand understand users better yeah exactly so that you can use that to build better products yeah that's the the part that was the most new to me in the ux course was the research part and yeah i i think it all ties together like like you said strategy helps do everything not even it's not even doing it better it's doing it more appropriately like doing yeah. what that client needs and not what you think the usual business like his needs no it's mm -hmm. listening to that specific client and researching and finding out how you can help that specific case i think that exactly. yeah okay we are reaching the the end but i actually had someone ask you a question on instagram Sure. Um, it was Philippa. She said she loved your content because I shared your, your post. So I think this, this question is about the post that I shared okay. uh, of the loving, you, you need to learn to love attention, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And she asked, uh, what are the no-goes for, for going against the norm? Or is attention always good? Mm. That's a really interesting question. I think one thing about, um, I always see is, even if you love attention, even if you're deci deciding to go against the status quo, you have to make sure you are not, one, insulting anybody, demeaning mm -hmm. any group of people or marginalizing a group of people based on your stance. So, for example, if you want to be different in an industry, that doesn't mean you should form, I don't know if, um, I see some amazing um 
communities on link on reddit rather reddit and yes they are trying to stand out yes they are trying to go against the norms and all but sometimes the values and things they are standing like for are nothing to write home about like they are standing for negative things such as discrimination and um absurd things and like it's it's not it's nasty right like something like that i feel like is a no-go area like don't but at the same time i also don't want you to limit your creativity because the whole point of you being in any industry whether that's banking it's construction it is science it is um architecture it's design creative industry anything you have to be able to stand out because otherwise you'd end up making a lot of noise putting spending a lot of money on ads because there's nothing really separating you from the competition but when mm-hmm. you pick something and genuinely just flip it on its head um, I know this, there was this case study I read when I was doing one course with um, Martin Neumeyer and he was speaking about how imagine if you enter a bank and then I mean we all know banks are really boring they are really um you know like they are boring and every every person there is in a suit aha uh-huh, you know like it's really is really like dull and he said imagine you enter a bank and then the first thing you do is when you enter they give you a lollipop and then the whole place is it's a colorful brand and all the people in there are wearing maybe t-shirts and jeans and they are playing music there's a tv that actually works and yeah like it actually looks like a fun place to be and yes there's a line there's a queue people are getting their money withdrawn but he said just imagine how much attention everyone will will be talking about that bank (laughs) every single person and if your product and service or or service is good so if like they have awesome customer service the interest rates are great and their online services work efficiently nobody will complain you know like once the basics are done and like they are awesome nobody will complain but when the brand is different all of a sudden everybody's eyes are on you and yes some people don't like attention but it's a good thing people will be talking about you and the whole point is you want people to talk about you to be curious and find out what's happening to talk about you and then eventually it will lead to them engaging with you whether that's following your social media page or joining your newsletter anything it could be anything but they'll engage with you download your app and then after a point they'll become a customer and so you want people to engage with your brand and you can only do that by sparking curiosity and the curiosity will only come if you are different if you just look like every other bank it's like hey that's another bank nothing too special here but most people are not too most banks are not too um, open to creativity open to that much attention and that's fine that's what they decide to do but the whole point of the post was to say don't limit yourself and you could achieve a lot more by being extremely different in your industry yeah as as long as you are not uh, offending anyone like you said i think that that's the biggest red line mm-hmm. i think and also i wanted to to make the point that being different and standing out could be it doesn't have to be uh, like putting up a, a show or doing something crazy like the the example that you said for instance in the in the marketing industry like branding agencies and marketing agencies the way to stand out can actually be to create really dull stuff <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because everyone wants to to do that crazy different 
thing and if you do something like really simple but that works and and that is that communicates your, your personality still or your company's personality but it's really not trying to put on on that show and do that crazy thing like other uh, marketing and branding agencies that can be your way to stand out so it's not always that obvious mm -hmm. uh, i guess i think you just have to figure out maybe what comes more naturally to you if, if yeah. especially if it's a personal brand if it's a personal brand then it's really just showing your personality i think mm -hmm. yeah that's a, that's 100 right and um, one key thing in strategy is you always have to make sure um, you are leaning into what you want to be so who you are and all the personality that comes with that especially if it's personal branding. So who you are, all the weird things you think are weird and nobody would like, you have to bring them out. The strongest personal brands are the ones that have and show all, the, all sides of their personality. And it's a really interesting play of words and it can definitely set you apart too. So yeah, I think that's a really good point, Sophia. Yeah, and it's it's harder than it, than it looks because uh, I've been trying to to be more genuine on social media and also here on the podcast and it's mm -hmm. it's kind of hard because you are always you always have that little voice in your head telling you mm -hmm. exactly that that oh this is too weird like people are not going people don't care about this or people are going to find this uh really weird and actually i i showed the my newsletter on on instagram yesterday mm -hmm. to like give a sneak peek to people so they could know if they want to sign up or not and yeah, yeah and it was like a really personal newsletter and i was mm -hmm. just like slamming on the f words because i was really upset and <laughs> <laughs> That like um, I like I saw it and I was like, yep. I and like I actually yeah, and I actually <laughs> got some messages saying to me, like, oh, it's it's so interesting that now that you are talking about lifestyle and like uh, personal matters and what makes you tick, uh, you are really showing your personality and it's really more genuine, like do more of this stuff. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay. I need I need to to show my weird stuff uh more, exactly. more often. Yeah yeah you should i should i should probably like i should be doing that a lot too i think sometimes i censor myself a lot when in reality that's not exactly how i talk like most of the time i'm saying that f <laughs> and like i like especially when i'm angry or i'm excited or like it comes out and i mean you know, you, and... you can say it here because i i don't give a fuck if this podcast is flat like ah, I, yeah. I don't even care <laughs> thank you uh, <laughs> i was trying so hard because i didn't know i was like i was like should i should I no i i, I mean I today i didn't i, I didn't yeah today i didn't say it yet because I, i'm just not in a an effort mood today i understand <laughs> i understand but but you can yeah i love i love that it, it it definitely did make you stand out and i i said i wanted to um sign up for the newsletter but i was distracted yesterday was really um, all the all over the place for me but i will the next time i put up the link i'll be in there getting your emails into my inbox yeah it's in the link in bio if anyone wants to to go and subscribe and i think it's also in in the podcast description like the main description yeah nice. i think it is so you can go subscribe there if you want to uh, get access to like raw content of mm -hmm. when i'm like really happy and when i'm like really fucked up then you can go there <laughs> I love that. And, I and love usually that. I also tell tell people like quick updates on where I am in my journey because in podcasts I have like a main theme 
a main topic for each episode. So I don't get mm -hmm. to share everything that I wanted to. So in the newsletter, I share everything that is like important in, mm -hmm. in my freelance uh, journey. Lovely. I like that. Like I'm literally signing up right now, like as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay. So um, do you have anything else that you, um, that you want to, to share like last minute advice or should um, we wrap this up? Yeah, I think um, if you if you listen all the way to this point, thank you so much. Um, I hope you did learn something. Um, I want you guys to you freelancers, you designers, you con like you guys are amazing. I like working with people who are genuinely creative because it always opens the doors. So you you could do a lot more and trust. Like when you're always in a corporate setting, it gets choked. Like it can it can choke you. The shit it can sh literally choke the shit out of you. And so I would say. I want you guys to be better, better by be, becoming more valuable and earning a lot more money than you're currently doing. And you can only do that by speaking the corporate people's language, which is the language of business. And so rather than spending time watching videos on how to do better logos and better designs, which I'm sure you're really good at, because people with less skill than most of you are earning a lot more just because they can speak the language of business and so if you if you the time you used to watch how to make a logo cut that by like 80 percent so you spend like just 20 percent of your time learning how to improve your skill and you spend 80 percent of your time learning business skills and i think the future and um, that we both like we know they, they are awesome like i'm in the program myself and we learn a lot about how to do marketing how to do sales like understanding the key terms and um, branding brand strategy like these are the things that will make you valuable and these skills cannot be taken away from you ever ever you know so it's mm -hmm. investing in yourself and i definitely want you guys to be better so definitely do more of that less of the the fun things I, like trust like i love the fun things too but i want you guys to get to the point where you can command certain figures and people will be willing to pay you that so yeah i think that's what i'll leave you with yeah and i i can add to that to spend more time actually doing stuff than learning how to do stuff because you learn by doing mostly. At least that's, that. how, that's how I learn. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Awesome. Okay. Uh, thank you, Mike, for so much for, for being here. I think you brought a lot of value for us. And you can maybe you can tell people where they can find you online. I, I don't think you, you said it. Okay, sure. So if... If you want to know where you can catch me, you can catch me um, on my two most of them. Um, that's why I spend most of the time, Instagram and LinkedIn. And Instagram, it is G-Mike-Lawson, like T-H-E-M-I-K-E. Yeah, uh, I, will, I will put it in the, in the description. Awesome. And then my LinkedIn is Michael Lawson. It's literally my full name, like Michael Lawson. And you can send me a DM, say hi. I can talk about anything from football to movies <laughs> to anything music i like it all like we can talk about anything right so yeah awesome thank you so much for having me sophia i've i've enjoyed myself thank you and <laughs> don't and you people that are listening don't forget to if you enjoyed it to, to leave a review or five stars or however it appears on the platform you are listening in and yeah go go say hi to mike on on social media and uh, yeah thank you for listening and talk next week